1: Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit Kelley Blue Books KBB.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places.
2: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you should raise the bar and why your friendly teasing may not be coming across in the friendly way that you think it is. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who recently has been very game about being on the receiving end of a constant stream of puppy pictures.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I just can't get enough of Barnaby. Speaking of which, give us the puppy update.
1: So we have Barnaby now. He is a black cockapoo, which is an undignified name for a Cocker Spaniel and Poodle mix. he is a lovely little dog. Um, I feel like we should have those signs on a refrigerator. You know how they like have day 57 without an industrial accident. And it's like, you know, we're on day three right. without a housebreaking accident. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, he, he seems to be getting it. Um, you know, we have the usual nipping and peeing and you know puppy stuff and we're all figuring out how it's gonna you know it is a big change to your habits people said like it's a big change to your habits and it is but it's a very happy change and it's like this big family adventure so we're having a ton of fun
0: and our eliza and eleanor walking barnaby
1: they are if, right. Right now, we're still in that honeymoon phase where they're actually fighting over like who gets to do this and who gets to do that. Right. I do not. I don't think it's going to last forever, especially when the weather changes. Right. Um, but right now, they're being they're being really good, and, and and we're all with the training and stuff. Everybody's very committed to being consistent, and 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 everybody's been really good about that. So so far, so good. And my husband has been great. Jamie, Jamie's been great too. He really has stepped up. So uh, yeah. It's been a good oh, family. Good.
0: Yeah. Well I can't wait to meet him when I'm in New York next.
1: Yes, yes. Come soon.
0: And Greg, before and before we jump in to try this at home, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Oh, excellent. You know, remember Daisha, who was Jack's nanny from the time he was three months old? until um, he was four. Of course, I remember um, Daisha the best. Sh- who just got me through, you know, everything, because she knew everything and I knew nothing. <laughs> um, anyway, Daisha, <laughs> eventually she left us to move to Omaha, Nebraska, and work at the Children's Museum. And recently she let me know that three of her colleagues, Shira, Lizzie, and Jessica, are super fans. Oh, excellent. Of this podcast. Excellent. So, and they wanted us to know that... Um, um, our podcast is like their office you know how we said get their office TV show is is our podcast oh that's great so I wanted to say thank you for that and give a shout out to everybody in Omaha
1: well and it's especially great there in Nebraska because since our grandparents are all from North Platte Nebraska I have special fondness for Nebraska so that's great to hear that we have a yes my
0: favorite state a
1: group of super fans there um, to listen this week our try this at home tip is to raise the bar. Now, in episode 29, um, people might remember we talked about lowering the bar. And you and I talked about how lowering the bar had been really, yes. uh, had been a big happiness booster for us. And if you want to listen to that, we have a new feature. It's, uh, if you want to go look at the former episodes on the show notes, go to happiercast.com backslash 29. It's very easy to type that into your, your address bar. Um, and you can hear us talk about lowering the bar. But The opposite of a profound truth is also true. And so this week we're talking about raising the bar.
0: Well, raising the bar is definitely more intimidating than lowering the bar. But but I'm sure equally important. So what does it mean?
1: I think... I think sometimes when we when we feel overwhelmed or there's too much going on we have this impulse to lighten the load you know to throw to, you know throw stuff overboard and to try to make things mm-hmm. easier but what I found in my own experience and I know you've experienced this too is that sometimes it's actually energizing and freeing to ask more of yourself. And by saying, I'm gonna do more or I'm gonna I'm gonna expect more from myself, you actually get a sense of greater potential, kind of what you can do.
0: Yeah, Gretch, I mean I to that point, I think doing this podcast was raising the bar for both of us because we were sort of stretched thin and then this idea of doing this came up and we just decided, well let's just add it into the mix and see what happens. And it's been incredibly energizing.
1: Well, it's funny because if, at the time, like the day before, if you had said to either one of us, like, can you add a major new responsibility with a lot of deadlines and, and uh, you know, things that you're going to have to do? And <laughs> we would have both been like, are you kidding? No way. We don't have, you know, I don't have time to go to the dry cleaners, you know, all that kind of thing. And then it was just like, oh, well, we'll do this. And it's been completely fun and energizing. And the um, same thing I will have to say with a puppy. Like, I felt uh-huh. like I was tax to my uttermost and then you get a, and then you just sort of it, it, it sort of gave me this idea I can ask more of myself I can expand my identity I can raise the bar of what I expect for myself and that can be good that can be exciting and you're writing that Y a novel right
0: yes theoretically <laughs> yeah um, that'll be another discussion uh, but what I should raise the bar on is cooking because I always say I'm going to cook, and I never do, as you know, as I've discussed many times.
1: I mean, that's the thing is you often have said that you wish that you cooked more. That's a real theme for you, So, but you don't. So maybe, maybe you don't really want to cook more.
0: You know, it is true that I don't enjoy cooking, uh, clearly, or else I would do it. But it's always this nagging feeling. I don't know, maybe I need to just accept that's not who I am. But I feel like I should at least be able to make a few dishes.
1: Well, I think that you're raising something that's kind of an important issue within raising the bar. Because I think that there's raising the bar where you're like asking more of yourself, which is within the confines of your true nature. And you're going to just expect more from yourself. And it's it's the right thing for you to do. And it's helpful and energizing. But then there's like the longing for the fantasy self you know the desire to be different from a different a whole different right. person from the person that you are like i always think of this with oil painting and i was just my father-in-law loves fly <laughs> fishing and it's such it's such a wonderful hobby everything about it is attractive and i was saying to him i wished i liked oil painting like if i could pick a hobby cuz you like you're sitting outside you're working with these beautiful materials like you're enjoying nature it gives you something to do and he's like you could complete you could take an oil painting class i was like I like everything about oil painting, except that I don't actually want to do oil painting. You know, it's like everything about it is good, except I don't want to do it.
0: I will say, though, in terms of raising the bar, there's also like last uh, whatever week that was, we talked about entertaining um, in terms of lowering the bar. But you could also say I'm going to raise the bar for entertaining and you could invite people over and take the time to make place cards You know, or arrange some flowers or, you know, you could actually up up your entertainment game uh, as well as lowering your entertainment game. You know, so it's like you could pick something and focus in. Yeah. And do
1: it one way or the other. Either it's not it's not working out the way it is. So either raise the bar or lower the bar. And I think this is also a place where the people around you can play an important role, because I think sometimes if someone throws out a big goal or a big ambition or a big idea for you, sometimes that can be really helpful. Like I remember when I was um I, I was in the very early stages of the happiness project, that book, and my agent, Christy Fletcher, who's fantastic, said to me, You should start a blog. And I was like, Oh no, I don't, I'm not techie, I don't like that stuff, I don't like writing for deadlines, I don't like writing short. Nothing about it appealed to me. And she's like, you know what though? I think you would really like it. I think you should think about it. And it was sort of like and I was like, I'm writing a book. What, what more can I expect for myself? But, ah. but she sort of threw out this idea of how I could raise the bar on myself. And again, it wasn't a fantasy that didn't fit me. It was actually something that really did resonate with me at some level. And when I did raise the bar on myself, then I was, you know, I've been doing it for eight years now. So yeah, that
0: changed your life.
1: It totally changed my life. So sometimes I think we can help other people um, raise the bar for themselves. But again, it's, it's hard. You don't want to fall into that fantasy trap.
0: Absolutely.
1: So let us know if you tried this at home and if raising the bar works for you or lowering the bar, raise the bar, lower the bar, <laughs> uh, Twitter, Facebook, email Just pay us.
0: attention to the bar.
1: Pay attention to the bar. Yes. You can go up, you can go down, uh, or you can go to happiercast.com slash 32. And that is this episode.
0: Uh, I have to jump in here because I know we have this new thing that this podcast or this cast 29 backslash. I, I find it more confusing. It's supposed to make it easier for people.
1: Well, unfortunately, I wanted Happier Podcast or Podcast Happier, but those are both taken. So it's Happier Cast. That's why that's a little maybe a little confusing. But it's also, before when we were just linking to on my blog, I couldn't tell people exactly how to just type into the address bar to get a particular episode. And so this way, if you do happiercast.com backslash 32, or if you want to have the fabulous clutter clearing episode backslash 10 or whatever, that way you can go right to it on my site. And so the idea is, is that would bank it more convenient for people if they want to go back and listen to a particular episode or like find or like we talk about we're going to talk about a book coming up. If somebody's like, oh, what was the title of that book? They can just go onto the show notes and see it happiercast.com backslash whatever the number is. So I hope it's easier. Uh, You don't think it's easier? Even as
0: you're describing it, it doesn't sound easier. But well,
1: we'll try it. it so listeners, let us know. This is an attempt to make things easier for you. Um, if it actually makes things more complicated for you, then definitely we will back out of it. Um, and I'm sorry that happier cast is a little bit neologism there. But um, anyway, we'll see how it works out. Uh, in the spirit, let's try it and fail. We'll have a spirit of experiment. Lower the bar, we'll raise it. the bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freedom yeah. to yeah. Enjoy the fun of failure. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash happier. That's storyworth.com slash happier to save $10 on your first purchase. So this week, the stumbling block is teasing. And i I got interested in the subject of teasing, which I have to confess I hadn't thought much about, because I read this really interesting book called Self-Insight by a guy named David Dunning. And don't worry, again, if you don't catch the name, it will be in happiercast.com backslash 32. Um, and here's what he writes about teasing, and he's referring to some some research that he that he's, is citing. People commonly tease each other, but it appears that people who are teased misunderstand the intentions of the person doing the teasing. Often, teasing is done in a spirit of affection and playfulness, and teasers attempt to convey those intentions through su- subtle nonverbal cues. However, Those who are being teased tend to miss these benign aims. When they describe a time they tease their roommate, people tend to describe the action as more humorous and lighthearted than does the person being teased, who instead rates such incidents as more malicious and annoying. The good intentions of teasers are just not as obvious as teasers believe. And this is the thing. You may think that your teasing is funny and good humored and affectionate and well-meaning, but it sounds like, I mean, the research shows that teasers don't feel that way. And I think that's really important. And I think teasing is a big happiness stumbling block for a lot of people.
0: You know, it's interesting because our family doesn't really tease much at all. We sort of grew up with an anti-teasing mentality. It was just not the humor of the family to tease.
1: Well, and I think it was actually discouraged. Like sorry, we, you were not allowed to make sarcastic comments. I mean, and I and as a child, I remember sort of thinking like, oh, well, you know, my witticisms are being squashed and everything. But now I I enforce the right. very <laughs> same rules on my family. Like I I don't want mean comments, even if they're dressed up as teasing. I just don't like that in a family.
0: Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, though, there is a distinction between teasing and what dad would call joshing, you know, and what is joshing? How do we define that as opposed to teasing?
1: I guess joshing is teasing light, (laughs) L-I-T-E. But there is I think teasing is complicated because there are people who can very skillfully use teasing to like. Diffuse uh, like an awkward situation or uh, to make somebody feel better about something that they feel bad about. My husband, Jamie, is pretty good at using teasing in that way. Or sometimes it's like, oh, look, Mr. Fancy Pants is, you know, you know to like highlight something that something great that's happened to someone in a way that allows them to kind of respond modestly to something. Or, you know, it, it's a way of highlighting some great thing that's happened to someone if it's done skillfully. Yeah, I mean I know in the writer's room
0: teasing is, you know, a good fifty percent of our days teasing each other. Um, uh, now I think in a good writer's room it, it, it's it's a more of a positive fun thing. It's not like you're sitting there belittling someone and making them feel bad. That's not a good thing.
1: And, and then and saying they should be laughing about exactly. it. Exactly. Right? right and saying like oh why are you getting annoyed i'm just teasing you but so wh- how would you characterize the good nature teasing
0: um i think it when if you are teasing someone about you know th- their lives or something they did or you know how their their personality is it shows you know them and that you're paying attention to them so it yes. makes them feel seen and it makes them feel like part of the group you know It's much better to be a part of something like that than to be on the outside of it. And then, and I think what you don't want to do is tease someone about something that you know they're really truly sensitive about.
1: Or cloak criticism or antagonism in this, like, oh, well, I'm just teasing. So you have no right to be annoyed. Or, oh, you should lighten up. Like, why do you have such a thin skin? Can't you take a little teasing? You know, because you're like, well, really, you're just kind of being you're just being mean, but expecting me to laugh about it. But and here's another uh, another very striking passage about teasing. And this is from the book that I talked about um, that we mentioned a few episodes ago, The Best Friend's Worst Enemies, when we talked about why you shouldn't interview for pain. So I kind of hate to bring it up again. I'm not truly obsessed with this book. It just had another passage that was very uh, relevant. Um, so here's what Michael Thompson says about teasing. When children get overwrought about their social lives, it is tempting for parents, especially fathers, to tease them about it. Don't do it. The pain is real, even if it seems out of proportion to the situation. Teasing just makes the child feel more alone, which actually makes them even more desperate to be liked and accepted by the group. So be compassionate instead of putting a child down. If you want to lose the trust and respect of your eighth grade daughter, there is no faster way to do it than to comment sarcastically about her social struggles. Please don't tease your children about their social problems. No good can come of it. I mean, usually people giving parenting advice are not so forceful. Like, hes he is really laying it down here. Right. But, I mean, I think
0: that's so true. I mean, having been an eighth grade girl, the last thing you want is someone poking fun at... Their issues, you know, and I get, I mean, I think especially that it's interesting a man wrote that because I don't think a mom would be nearly as likely to tease about that as... A dad,
1: But I think I can see how a very loving, well-intentioned parent could tease either thinking like, oh, this is going to help my child have a sense of perspective or it's going to show them that, uh, you know, it's it's important to keep a sense of humor or I want to reassure them that this is, you know, we can laugh about this because um, I don't consider it serious. It's not a big deal. Or, you know, sometimes people are like, you need to toughen up. Like you need to get thick skin and like you can't let this bother you. And so they think they're sort of preparing their child to deal with these things. But the research seems to show that teasing, is not as benign in its perception as it is in its intention.
0: Yeah, and I also think maybe there are certain topics people are uncomfortable discussing, so they sort of revert to teasing about oh. it, to put a wall between them and the person they're talking to. Just a
1: thought. I think that's so true. I never thought about that, but you're right. It's like, I'm going to tease you about it so that we don't have to have a serious conversation, but that just makes things worse. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So let us know if teasing has affected your life. If you're a teaser or a tz, uh, how you feel about it. And if you think that it's a happiness stumbling block for you.
1: Another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question at 774-277-9336 or easier to remember 77-HAPPY-336.
0: And Gretch, we have had such an amazing response from our listeners Um who've been giving advice in response to Eliza's call for advice in episode 30 when she asked what would you tell your 16 year old self and so we wanted to this week play some of those responses and hear what everybody has to say to Eliza. Here
3: here they are. Hi this is Kristen calling from Atlanta and if I could think of one thing it would be don't be in such a hurry. When I was 16 and into my 20s. I was in such a hurry to get through college and to get into graduate school and through graduate school. And now I wonder, why was I in such a hurry? You're in a a unique time in your life. Things are never going to be the same as they are. Enjoy yourself and don't be in such a hurry.
0: Hi, my name is Linda, and I'm calling from Merle's Inlet in South Carolina, and my advice for
1: Eliza, or at least my advice to my 16-year-old self, would have been, you are prettier and smarter than you think you are, and
2: everyone is playing the game of life a little bit afraid, even adults, even boys. So relax, you've got this.
3: Hi, my name is John. For myself as a teenager, I'm 31 now, I would say a couple of things. Play games less, video games, and talk to girls and date more. I would say meditate for five minutes a day and just start it up instead of wishy-washy, trying it, not trying it. And third, I would say don't take things so seriously like clothing and styles. Uh, probably everybody can relate to that. And uh, college probably isn't as big a deal as you feel like it is now. Um, so just get a bachelor. It doesn't really matter what it's in. And then go after whatever you're interested in. Hi, this is Kelly from Boston. The advice I would have wanted to hear was that life goes on. In the sense that if you decide not to do something because it seems like it's too hard or it seems like it's going to take forever to do it, realize that the time passes anyway. For example, like feel like oh, it's going to take three years to get my master's degree. It's years is gonna pass whether or not you do it. And at the end of three years you can either have the degree or you can not have the degree. Um and I would never want to be a teenager again just because while I was there it was great. But I actually have loved every age I've been since then because there's such a journey to be going through life and learning about yourself. Every year I learn something new and who you are. It changes every year. So um good luck in college. Well good luck in junior year. Bye.
1: Keep it coming. Um, Eliza is pouring over all all of it. Um, We're also getting amazing uh, email answers and uh, advice. And so thank you so much for that response.
0: Yeah, it's been really moving to hear and and read the thoughtful responses to Eliza's uh, request.
1: Yeah. And again, if you want to listen to her ask that question, it's happiercast.com backslash 30. So I hope that makes it easier to find. (laughs) LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business.
0: LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Gretchen, time for demerit and gold star. You're up first with a demerit. So let's hear it.
1: I am, and it's always less fun to do give yourself a demerit. Um, so here's my demerit, and, and I'm not sure it's totally demerit, but it's something that I've observed and I'm trying to work on. So I've noticed this pattern with Jamie, my husband. So there'll be something where he wants reassurance, like, oh, we're going to be able to handle having a puppy, or, oh, it's going to work out with you know one of our daughters at school, or, oh, we're going to be able to get our passport in time to go on our family vacation, or whatever it is. But what I've noticed is that often when he's asking for reassurance, it's something where I feel very upset and anxious about, too. And so instead of being reassuring, I am like, I feel very I feel all the more anxious that he's asking me for reassurance. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And, uh, you know, what are we going to do? And only Hmm. time will tell and, you know, and and, and things like that. So I don't behave in a reassuring way. And I've noticed and, and I do the same thing. To him, you know, we both will ask for each other's right. reassurance, and often the other one kind of won't really bring the reassurance to it. And what I've realized is that I should be reassuring. It, 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 if someone is obviously seeking reassurance, fine, I can find a way truthfully to be reassuring. You know, if, if, if Jamie says, We're going to be able to handle having a puppy, yes we are going to be able to handle having a puppy. Yes, absolutely, we're going to be able to handle having a puppy. Of course we are. And just be reassuring. Um, And so, because I feel like that would give both of us a sense of comfort and energy instead of, like, kind of having these moments just dissolve into both people feeling very uneasy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because the truth is, it doesn't matter if you... It's not going to really change the outcome. So you might as well offer that reassurance so at least the journey to the outcome will be less unpleasant.
1: A hundred percent. That's exactly right. And it's not like I have to lie because I'm sure that I can find ways to be truthful. Um, And I probably will reassure myself too by being reassuring to him. And you're right. It's not like anything's going to happen any differently. Um, So why not make the process easier um, if it's something that's making us anxious?
0: I tend to be the one asking for reassurance. So I totally relate to needing that feeling that someone to tell you everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now. So take us up gold star.
0: So my gold star this week, Gretch goes to, um, to chapel time at Jack's school. Ah. Now, you know, Jack started kindergarten and he goes to an Episcopal school. Uh, now I am not a religious person at all. But a couple times a week, I've been going to chapel at Jack's school, which is from eight thirty to nine in the morning. So it's four days a week, eight thirty to nine, and you can, you know, go and just and and just be a part of it. And I absolutely love it. Ah, I find it. Yeah, I find it so nice to start the day in sort of a, you know, very peaceful, serene, mindful way. Uh, I also love that I get a little bit of the taste of the school because sometimes there'll be an announcement or something of that nature. Um, And it's just surprising to me that I love going to chapel.
1: Well, do you think it matters that it's chapel? Like what if it were assembly and it, it was sort of the same kind of thing? Do you think that do you think it would make a difference?
0: I do. I think the chapel makes a difference. I think that it's sort of, you know, an elevated idea of, you know, being a good person and being a good friend and all of that really matters. It makes it sort of a transcendent experience, which I guess is why people like to go to church so much or temple or whatever, you know, they go to. Um, It's just something that I didn't think I would respond to so much.
1: And is Jack, is he happy that you're there?
0: oh yeah, he
1: wants me to go every day and I
0: can't go every day. But, and he likes chapel. Uh, Um, All the kids do, which is really interesting. You'd think they might get bored or antsy, but they really don't. They really enjoy it. So it's just a nice thing, an unexpected bonus of being at the school that
1: I'm very happy about and I give it a big gold star. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Raise the bar or lower the bar. (laughs) Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And listeners, we have questions for you. Okay, so coming up, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to spend four episodes on the four tendencies. That's the personality framework that I came up with for my book, Better Than Before. You can listen to us talk about it in episode 13, and that's HappierCast.com backslash 13, um, where we talk about this framework. I divide all of humanity into four categories. Um, and we want to, for we're, for four episodes, we're going to focus on the four tendencies. One will be on a polder, one on Questioner, one on Obliger, one on Rebel. And you can take a quiz on my site, GretchenRubin.com, if you want to find out where you fit into here. Um, and so we would love your comments, your questions, your observations about yourself in this tendency, how the tendencies make you feel or think about someone else in your life, a spouse or a child or a co coworker or a boss or a client or a patient. What are the good points? What are the bad points? What should the motto of the tendency be? What do you do to offset the limitations of your tendency? Anything. Please get in touch with us and send us your thoughts.
0: Can't wait to hear all of that. That's going to be interesting, Gretch. Yeah. Thanks to our guest engineer today, Laura Mayer. Hey, She's fabulous. We love Laura. And to our producer, Henry Milowski, who's out of town. Also thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. If you want to see a photo of Henry with Gretchen's new puppy, Barnaby, check out her website. What is it? It doesn't...
1: <laughs> it's happiercast.com backslash 32. Or you can just go to gretchenrubin.com and search for podcast and you can find it that way.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whatever it is. I do not have it on the tip of my tongue. Please let us know what you think of the show. Gretchen's on Twitter at gretchenrubin and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Our email address is still podcast at gretchenrubin.com.
1: And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes. And remember, Think about your tendency, other people's tendencies. Send in your comments, your questions, your insights. We're dying to hear them. Until
0: next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft.
1: And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward.